Podcasting from Singapore and broadcasting all around the world. You're listening to the Ignite EdTech Podcast with Craig Kemp, created by an educator for educators and streaming to the world. Now, over to your host, Craig Kemp. Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Ignite EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Kemp, and I'm honored to have you join us. As most of you know, I continue to work with the incredibly talented Mark Quinn to improve the final audio quality of this podcast. He has his own podcast production studio that provides editing and mastering services to content creators. To connect with Mark, please see the details in the podcast notes below. Last week, I asked you about how you're planning on actioning your goals for the year ahead. I was so excited to hear from many of you and wanted to highlight one response from Priya here in Singapore who shared her thoughts and tagged us in on Twitter. Priya said, Setting goals is one thing, but making the thoughts into reality is another dimension. I chose the hashtag one word align for 2022 to align my intentions with my actions to create habits which will help me to reach my goals. Thank you so much for your well thought out and forward thinking sharing Priya. It really made me reflect on myself as a learner and I hope it supports other educators listening here to reflect and action their goals too. This week I wanted to ask about your favorite EdTech tools. EdTech is a changing element with new tools coming into our toolbox every day. I often find myself changing my toolkit depending on the stack of learning that I'm doing. As you start 2022, what are the tools that you use most often? Which tools are new and exciting? Please share and tag them in. Share with us via our Ignite EdTech social streams. I look forward to hearing your responses soon. A tool that has positively impacted the authentic and purposeful use of technology into classrooms and meeting rooms that I have worked in is Kami App. After interviewing one of the founders of Kami this week, I was inspired to share more of their tool that I have used and seen used in many classrooms globally. You'll hear this week's interview with Bob Drummond of Kami later on in this episode to learn a little more. For those of you that don't know, Kami is an online document annotation and markup tool. You can highlight, underline, and strike through text in PDFs and other document formats. You can also add text boxes, shapes, and images. Kami works amazingly with its Google Drive and Google Classroom integration. Over 30 million educators and students engage learn and collaborate with Kami every day from anywhere. You can easily empower your students and transform the way you teach, give feedback and assess. The four features I love the most as an educator is the ability to use video, voice, screen capture functionality and voice to text for struggling writers. I highly recommend that you take a look at the link in the description below. www.kamiapp.com Last week, we talked about critical tech skills that our learners need to be successful in the future. If you're interested in learning more, go back and listen to last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about the importance of having your favorite core tech tools in your tool belt, and how to make sure the belt doesn't get weighed down with too many things. One of the core things that we must remember as educators is that technology is here to add value to our teaching and learning. It is dependent on it, but it's also not going to be going anywhere either. Over the coming years, 
We're going to be more and more reliant on technology to help us what we do. Whether it's assessing learning, supporting students in the creation process, or analyzing data to inform next steps in learning. We must learn to love technology, but there's a fine line between using technology to add value to learning and using technology for the sake of it. I see way too many schools throwing technology at their teachers and students without prioritizing their why. As I've said many times before, quoting Simon Sinek, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And if you don't have a culture where people want to learn and grow with technology, you'll never be able to build a strategic view to its implementation. Nine times out of ten, the schools that get it wrong attempt to introduce new tech tools to their students before fully understanding the value that it adds. Technology must add value to learning, otherwise there's no point introducing it. Think of Ruben Putendera's SAMA model as a reference point that I've talked about before. If I'm not transforming learning or adding some functional change to the learning process, then technology is nothing more than a basic substitution. Whether that's substitution from pen and paper to, let's say, a Google Doc or a Microsoft Word document. Think before you act and make sure that you've thought through the tools that you're introducing before you do it. Don't get me wrong, I'm a massive advocate for technology in the classroom, but we have to be better at using the right tool for the right purpose. And if it doesn't add value, we shouldn't be using it. Some of the best lessons I've seen in action are not using technology for the sake of it. For me, the core tech tools that schools need to focus on are a core learning management system or LMS, a student information system or SIS, a core communication tool like Seesaw, a core set of creation-based tools like Flipgrid that allow students to make and create, and then a smaller core of say three to 10 apps, depending on the size of your school, that support learning in different domains across the school, depending on your context. Anything more than this will just simply confuse people and people will get overwhelmed. Use tech to add value not to stress and take away from learning. I'd love to hear from you the tools that you use in your classroom and in your school every day and what you value. Please reach out with your ideas and thoughts. Every week, I bring you a short interview with some of my edu heroes, an engaging learning experience with someone who makes a difference in education every day with a particular focus or angle towards educational technology. As I alluded to in the, previously in this episode, this week, I had the pleasure of chatting with Bob Drummond. Let's have a listen to the chat. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Bob Drummond, the founding chairman and CRO of Cami, a digital classroom tool that's used in 90% of US schools and has over 30 million teachers and students using it around the globe. Cami is particularly close to my heart, being founded and now headquartered in my home country of New Zealand. It's been exciting to see its development over the years to be a global powerhouse. Bob, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Are you ready to talk about education and technology integration? Yeah, thanks, Craig, and hi. Absolutely, let's do it. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your current role and what inspires you to do what you do? Yeah, sure. So like my co-founders, there's actually four four of us that founded Cami at the beginning. Like my co-founders, I wear several hats in the business. The executive chairman role, uh, chairman is usually 
you know, the chairman of the board position. Executive chairman means I actually work day to day, every day in the business. And the CRO, chief revenue officer, is my role in the day to day running of the business. And the chief revenue officer, my focus really and my job is growth, growing the business, growing our user base, growing customers, all about growth. That's really cool. It's, it's good to hear that as well. And, you know, as one of the founders, you've been at the helm of Cami App since the beginning. Tell us about your original vision for Cami and where you've grown this to today. Yeah, sure. So that was way back in 2012, 2013, I think, two of my co-founders, Henji and Jordan, actually created the, the very first version of what Cami is today for themselves. They were in their final year of um, engineering at Auckland University, and they thought, um, hey, this is crazy. All of these lecturers are giving us digital documents that we have to print out to write on and take notes in class. This can all be done online. They created an application for themselves for collaborative note-taking that they could share and take notes in real time in class and comment on each other's notes as the as it went on. So that was the origin of it. I met them around that time. We kicked off the company thinking initially that we could sell this to universities that, you know, they were using it at universities, so this would be a great idea. So universities really were like, um, yeah, look, this is a neat app, but we don't buy laptops for students. We don't buy their Microsoft Word licenses. If students want to use this, they can use it. Like, we're not your customer. So we had to do a big rethink. And we backed off the university and we just said, maybe somebody else will find it useful. And we just sort of put it out there. And we started to get users all over the world in all kinds of industries and verticals starting to use this collaborative annotation. That was the beginning of it. That's really cool to hear that and to see where it's come today being used in in countries all over the world is super exciting. You know, I think when we look at how other platforms evolve and continue to grow around the world, how can these platforms evolve to continue providing the value amidst the current tech fatigue that so many teachers listening here today and their students worldwide are facing? Yeah, absolutely. A huge question. And um, around the world, you know, the, the phenomenon at the moment of the great resignation is um, is also applying in education and to teachers. Uh, we see it in our in our user base and our discussions. The change in the the people we're talking to at schools and the teachers, the the turnover is just immense. In what's going on at the moment? So I think what what any business like ours would be advised to do is is what we've done since I think 2016. After having users across all of these industries, we decided to focus on listening to teachers. The main reason is that teachers in K-12, the US and worldwide were telling us they didn't just like the app, they loved what we were doing and where it was going. And we just chose that is our market we're going to lean into and we're going to stop talking and listening to everybody else. And we did that from that point. And that's been our sort of guiding principle from that day. And it is still today. We listen to teachers. We all talk to teachers every day. We chat, we listen to them. And our... (laughs) Now, very simple, if you boil it down, our kind of mission or our simple principle is we try to make teachers' lives slightly easier every day. Teachers know what they need. They know how to teach. They know what the students need. A lot of people are telling them what to do, but we take, we take the other side. We listen to them, and we try and give them what they tell us they need and what we want, and we try and keep it simple. 
really, really simple. You know, Bob, I love that approach. I do a lot of work with startup companies and ed tech companies, particularly in their work here in Asia, uh, connecting to schools, engaging in the culture uh, in this part of the world. And I think one of the the biggest driving factors that uh, gets companies uh, to struggle in this part of the world is that they don't listen. They use a strategy they've used in different territories or regions. They have no educators on board. They don't you know, jump in and, and have conversations with people in the profession. And, you know, I, I couldn't endorse that advice enough. I think it's critical, particularly at this time. So I think it's it's fantastic advice. And when we look at the staggering results from Cami's teacher wellbeing survey, it found that more than two thirds of teachers feel unhappy, anxious, overwhelmed, frustrated, or even depressed. How is Cami using that information to support teachers globally now? Yeah, that was, um, even with the like the anecdotal evidence that we have talking to teachers about how stressful it's been for the last few years and just trying to support so many teachers and just, just hearing what they've been going through. But the numbers were pretty stark, you know, like three quarters almost feeling feeling unhappy. But also, more than two-thirds of them said that technology helps them save time in the classroom. And the way, one way to reduce the stress and the load and the overwork of teachers is just to save them time. And particularly, I remember this from a teacher who told me some time ago that about the impact that using Cami was having on their life. She was saying, normally, I would have been spending five to six hours a week standing at a photocopy or a printer getting stuff done for the classroom. And just the very simple fact of moving that all to the browser meant she was saving that five or six hours a week. But she said, that means an hour a day extra that I get to spend with the students. That's why we're trying to save teachers time and make their lives easier, because every extra piece of admin or drudge that we can take away from them is time they can spend with students and individually and the students that need it, that need help or the ones that need inspiration. I think it's, it's, again, a really nice way for a company to think about how they can add their two cents to a, a bigger problem that also needs to be faced in our schools and by our ministries of education. And, you know, and, and ed tech companies do have a place to play in that. And it's good to hear that Cami is thinking about that as well. And as we think about the future, in your opinion, Bob, what does the future hold for ed tech? How can schools adapt and be ready for this tech-rich future we see ourselves entering? Yeah, so one of the things is making things simpler, not more complex. You see this trap, a lot of technology vendors um, building applications will listen to users, but will end up adding complexity to the product. We started with a very simple premise and we try and keep that. So eliminating complexity constantly and new things that we release that we're releasing all the time is um, a lot of it is about about more simplicity, not more complexity. I think the other thing, so I'm, I'm convinced in the future, the future is not going to be, you know, remote learn, learning for K-12 for school education exclusively. That shift's not going on. And it's the wrong debate. It's a bit like the working debate where, oh, are people going to go back after COVID? Are people going to go back to the office or is everybody going to work remote? Well, the truth is obviously that some people will go back to work. Some people may stay remote. Most people will do a bit of remote and sometimes go to the office. Flexibility is what it's going to be. And I think in the future, the classroom is going to be still the 
the core of that K-12 learning right in the classroom because the students are learning to be to be adults as well in those classrooms. They're not just being being given knowledge. The classroom is going to be the, the center of it, but technology can distort time and space and can change the environment that the classroom will extend beyond the four walls of the physical classroom. That learning won't only happen in the classroom and not only in the 45 minutes that those kids are in the class. It will extend beyond that. If technology provides the teachers and students the ability to engage wherever they are and whenever they have time to do so. Great. I think it's, you know, as we we start to think about what does this mean in reality, I think that simpler, not more complex reality is something that is, is critically important for everyone, both ed tech companies and schools, as, as we sort of join in forces to make sure this is successful. Let's jump into some quick fire questions, Bob. The, the first thing that comes to your mind and maybe a brief why what is your hashtag one word for 2022? I'm actually going to say progress. So I know it's still there's still a lot of challenges out there. We're, and we're coming off two incredibly challenging years, probably for different, um, that each had a different flavor. And I know a lot of educators out there are going, wow, 2020 was extreme. 2021, we thought it was going to be okay, but it was it was extreme again in a whole different way. What on earth has 2022 got in store for us? I just keep thinking back to, I mean, I wasn't around, but I'm thinking back to the 1919 flu epidemic, if you can remember. What happened after that wasn't wasn't a period of um, downturn and recession and uncertainty. And it was the roaring 20s. It was a time of explosive growth and advancement and progress in human technology and endeavor. And I think part of what we're seeing with the great resignation and, and, and the changes and the huge transformations going on in education and elsewhere is Joseph Schumpeter's creative destruction. I think there is disruption and I think something better is going to come out of this. It's going to need a lot more training and support for teachers, a lot more listening to them. But I think something something really positive and progressive is going to come out of this for education. I'm totally convinced of that. And what is your favorite EdTech book or resource, Bob? I think my favorite EdTech resource would be Henji, my co-founder. <laughs> he's um, And he's got the CEO role, but I tell you, he talks to so many teachers every day, and especially any that have problems. He is just intimately involved with um, challenges these teachers face, the technology changes, challenges that they face, their needs. He will always give me an opinion on anything related to education or technology. And apart from Cami, what's your go-to edtech tool that the listeners need to try? If you haven't tried anything else, it's a starting point, it'd have to be Google Classroom. Start there. Cami integrates with Google Classroom, but also on its own. You've got to start in the classroom with somewhere. Start there and add applications that you need for, for for whatever you need to do at the time. Fantastic. And and last question, Bob, what is one daily habit or practice that helps you enjoy, progress and succeed in your career? I would say seeking to understand and to learn. I sometimes talk about, you know, education today, it's not just, you know, grade one through 12 anymore. In a technology industry like ours, I've spent my lifetime 
learning and relearning technologies, media, platforms. And learning has been a lifetime endeavor for me. And I, I'm, I'm convinced in the 21st century, that's going to apply to pretty much everybody in every industry and in every job. I think what served me well is just every day, just seeking to understand what I don't understand yet, seeking to learn new skills, and just accepting that learning new skills takes a very long time. And it's incremental. So every day, just learn a little bit of something. Brilliant. And you know, to finish off here, Bob, what's the best way for people listening uh, here today to follow and connect with you? With me, uh, easiest might be on Twitter. I'm at Bob Von Drummond on Twitter. You'll find me there. Awesome. We'll make sure that we put all of these links in the podcast notes below as well. Bob, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure connecting with you. Great to talk to you, Craig. Next week, join me for episode 80 of the Ignite EdTech podcast, when I'm joined by the inspirational Tracy Izzard. Want to win a prize? Enter now at bit.ly slash edtechwin, and we'll regularly announce winners of incredible prizes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow us and share the podcast with your PLN and colleagues. Please remember to spend a few minutes to rate this podcast too on your podcast channel of choice so we can reach even more educators and edtech enthusiasts globally. Remember, you have the chance to win as well. Check out the links in the description for more and I'll see you again next week. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss another episode and be in the drawing to win prizes every week. If you know others that would enjoy the show, please hit that share button and brighten their day. Join us again next week for your weekly EdTech hit with at Mr. Kemp NZ. We'll see you again soon.